This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. It's your faith has made you whole. You know, Jesus said to him. But how many times do we let the enemy talk us out of that? How many times do we listen to the enemy saying, shut your mouth, shut your pothole because he does not care about you? You're not important to him. It happens every day. It's because we take, just like what we were saying earlier, well, I'm his favorite. Well, if I view myself as his favorite, let me be close to him. Let me get to know him. Let me hide away with him. Let me find him in that secret place. Mm -hmm. But when I take my eyes off of him, I lose my identity. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's when the enemy speaks in and takes my focus off. That's when that's when <clears throat> the distraction comes. Yeah, everything you've been saying is what we're, is what we're going to cover. So well, no, 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 you're jumping jump in. Jump in. Let's no, you're good. do it. You're good. Did you want to add anything to that? Nope. What, what we're saying, because you know, what's the song we the old, the old worship song we used to sing back in the was it nineties or maybe it was eighties? I know it was the Brownsville revival. Well, I went to the enemy's camp and, and took, back, what he stole from took me. back what he stole from me. No, yes, I'm sing took I'm not a singer. <laughs> <laughs> we break into song. We do, we do songs alone. <laughs> but but so I, I, I can't emphasize this enough because I've been there. I've done that because I mm-hmm. fell into the worst depression in my life. And I, I, I had three back surgeries. Found out my wife was at the time was... Uh, uh, sleeping with another man and I, I couldn't get up off the couch I had to crawl to go to the bathroom to take a leak and crawl back I was in a wheelchair for almost seven months mm-hmm. with, you know with a cane and a walker and then having to deal with all that too and, and, and I fell into the worst depression drinking pain pills tattoos it was it was it was hell it was terrible and I'm questioning God what is going on I was a full-time preacher and I just lost it, man. I lost my mind. I just went nuts. I'm an absolute nuts, insane. And uh, it, it it was the hardest time. I, I would not wish, wish that uh, if I had an enemy, uh, oh my worst enemy. Yeah. Um. And so I, 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 when Rob was asking me about this, I know where he's coming from. I've been there. I don't want to go back to that place ever, ever, ever again. But I know what it's like for the enemy to come and whisper in your ear, saying, "God doesn't care about you." Yeah. He, if he if he loved you like he says he did, you wouldn't be going through this. Mm-hmm. This wouldn't be happening. This person would have done this to you, and God would show up and take care of it. Yeah. So, g- getting into what uh, my man Rob was asking me about today, when he 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 was asking, is it okay to question God, and and is it okay to be angry with God, and what do you do when you are questioning God, when you are angry with God? I have a couple of thoughts. All right. Can I? Yeah, you can go Um, go for it. The rabbinical form of teaching was asking questions. We've talked about this before on the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. That whenever Jesus sat down, his his teaching was asking questions. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like question so I can have an answer. It was question so you can ask a question. For more understanding, right? And so the quality of your answer was not just an explanation, here's my solution. It was the quality of the question that you counter with, Mm. right? So I don't think God is scared of our questions at all. Right. He invites them, right? I mean, Jesus, that's all he does is he asks questions. He asks questions. Who do you say that I am? (laughs) You know? So I think that is totally okay for us to ask him questions even in our frustration or our hurt or our anger he is big enough to handle those questions and yeah. he's his shoulders are big enough to handle our anger yeah he already knows we're mad at him right well i mean it, or <laughs> or mad about or mad about the situation right yeah. the the uh what does it say the wrath of man does not Bring about the righteousness of God. So I don't want to stay there. In my anger, I don't want to sin. That's the, yeah. But I, it's okay for me to say, you know what? I'm angry. I don't understand this, and I'm upset. But Lord, I, what did David say throughout the Psalms? 
he would say, oh, Lord, how long? How long will my enemies, you know, gain victory over me or whatever? But you, oh, God, right? He would always turn his attention back to what I know about the Lord. But you are faithful. But you are loving. You are trustworthy, right? So it's okay for us to even just rail and, and be upset. He's big enough to handle us handle us doing that and hold us in the midst of it and draw us close. But, you know, at the end of it, we got to come back to that. Lord, I don't understand, but I know you do. And you see the end from the beginning. So help me to just trust you right now when it hurts. Yeah. Say one more in that. It's hard to do that. Right. I said, I believe, but help me. Help my own belief. I believe you. I, I, I believe heard you can help. I've seen your seen yeah. your miracles. I've, I've I've felt your presence. I've sit with you. But God, this sucks. <laughs> this is hard. Yeah. Help me believe you. Right. Help me understand. Help me see it more. Like I love you. Help me love you more. Yeah. Years ago, when I <clears throat> when I found out that my ex husband had been unfaithful to me, I just remember. The, couple of weeks after that I was just so broken and so um disheartened discouraged and and praise the Lord for godly men and women that were accountability around me and they were like come on keep running the race you guys you can do this God can repair it you got to be willing you know and but I remember thinking Lord this hurts so bad yeah. But I know that your word says you will make all things work together for good mm-hmm. for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. I know that you love me. I know that you've called me according to your purpose. This hurts, but I know that you say that you'll use it for good. Somehow. I don't see it right now. But I know that you will. So that's what that's what we cling to, right? That's that's our hope. Is that But what this, is that? What are you clinging to right there? I promise. Right, his word. Exactly. That's what. What, what does his word yeah. say? Yeah, exactly. You got to know the word, man. Right. It all. It boils. It comes back down to that. Yeah. We've we've been saying that a lot of these podcasts lately. You got to know the word. Mm-hmm. You got to have the relationship. Yeah. How do you have the relationship? You can't have a relationship without the word. Right. Right. The scripture says we love him because he first loved us. And, and I think it's important to note that he never takes his eyes off of us. No matter where we're at, where our heart is, no matter what's going on, no matter what, what's happened, what's, you know, and I, I know like from you guys have shared some of your story and everything. I, I know for me, like when I was, uh, when I was young, like before I was even 10 years old, I was introduced to a lot of rough stuff. And then by 13, I was, you know, in drinking and drugs and, and all this stuff going on, and God never took His eyes off me. You know, I was in and out of my living with uh, between my my mom and my grandparents, and my grandma and grandpa. They'd always take me to church, always take me to church. You know, and then I remember you know talking about being mad at God and not understanding back in. And I, I know I've shared this with you before, but um, back in two thousand eight, you know, there was a bad car wreck, and I lost three sisters at one time, mm. and it's like. God, what's going on? And you know, for a young a young kid that's already in a bunch of messed up stuff, you know, that just drove me deeper in trying to process and, that and trying to understand and what's going on, why this happened, and trying to block it out with everything else imaginable that you can try to feel hurt with and everything, mm-hmm. all this stuff, mm-hmm. you know. But but he never takes our his eyes off us, mm-hmm. and you know, and and I just remember like his it, when I I got saved when I was seventeen, and it was because of his faithfulness. His love for me, right. you know, and and his presence and his power touched me and showed me that all of this is going to work together for his good, like you mentioned, and all of everything's going to be okay. Like he loves me, and he loves he loves us all, mm. you know. And I, I think that is so important to to note and and to remember for all of us, even if you're you're having a hard time with your your relationship with the Lord or not. He's not having a hard time with his relationship with you. Right. You know, he's not. That's true. If, he if there's he a disconnect, guess who's supposed to Exactly. Exactly. He's not. A good you know, the Lord, you know, Jesus, he doesn't he doesn't question us in in a in a manner of like how, how do you, how do I say that? Um 
I just completely lost my train of thought there, but, no, but like back. I said, yeah, bring it back. But you know, he doesn't, the Lord doesn't question us. Like we question him. He doesn't get mad at us. Like we get mad at him. Like we don't understand. He understands. He knows. Yeah. You know, and see, he's, he's outside of time. We're bound by time and we want the solution and we want it yesterday. Yeah. And when we don't get it, that's when we, you know, we get mad at God. We don't understand what's going on. And we start questioning God. We let the enemy come in, whisper in our ear. And next thing you know, our faith begins to... We talked about in a few podcasts ago about how... When we start to um, draw away from God, God gets smaller. Our, you know, our, we just The further we get away from God, the smaller it gets. It's harder to see it. Yeah. It's, the more we allow the distractions to come in, the more we allow our heart to drift, it's harder to see his love it's harder to see his mercy in in whatever's going on or his grace in whatever's going on yeah and it goes back to having that relationship now you and i've never we haven't had a fight we, we haven't had an argument or anything like that and lord willing we never will I had enough of that for 30 years but anyway um when somebody when a husband and wife have an argument or have a fight what should they do talk it out right Mm-hmm. Because that's why, husband, you know, you're working on your relationship, and that's what we're saying. When, when, or what you're saying is like when, when something like something bad is going on in our lives, it's okay to go to God and say, "Hey, this is how I'm feeling." He's a big boy; he can handle it. Right. Yeah. Like you were saying, and you were saying too. It, and it's all about communication because it all boils down to that relationship. Yeah. We have made several allusions to this so if it's okay i want to read psalm 139 i'm not going to do the whole thing but so many and i think we kind of made reference to it last last week as well Mm -hmm. when we were doing this but psalm 139 says you've searched me lord and you know me you know when i sit and when i rise you perceive my thoughts from afar right you discern my going out and my lying down you are familiar with all my ways before word is on my tongue you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Right? You said he, ne- he never takes his eyes off of us. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were in your were written in your book before ever one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God. How vast the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. So that just again goes to say there's there's no place that we can go where he can't see. Right. There's no thoughts in our minds or issues in our hearts that he is not aware of. Mm-hmm. Like you said, nothing catches him off guard. He sees it all. And we can't get away from him. Mm-hmm. He's relentless in his pursuit of us. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. When I just listen to that song, Relentless. Mm-hmm. You know what is it? You are relentless. No, you won't relent. Until you have it all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not singing that one either. (laughs) You got any thoughts running through your mind? You got any thoughts running through your mind? All right. So I I think it boils down. So talking about going back, talking about the heart. Jesus was trying to get his illuminating and revealing their hearts Mm -hmm. in in Mark 10. And it it all boils down to, to relationship. Those Pharisees that were questioning him about divorce, they didn't have a relationship with Jesus at all. Some of them did, a few of them did, behind the scenes. The disciples had a relationship with him, but they still didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Their hearts were just not there yet. 
you know, Peter can make the proclamation, hey, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So they had that part down. Yeah. But they were a little iffy on some of this stuff, right? Um, and then the rich young ruler, right? His heart just was not, it was in his stuff and it, it wasn't there at all. Um, and so we're, we're talking about Jesus revealing, exposing the heart. And when something comes along in our lives that knocks us out of our rhythm, and life gets hard, and we start to question God, and we, does He even care? And then we, you know, the enemy starts whispering in our ears. What happens is, it's one word: fear. Mm. Fear. <clears throat> Who was that that was saying the other day? What's the opposite of? Is not. I can't remember what the how it went. What? Because I was going to say, what's the opposite of faith? Is fear. Mm. Fear is faith in the wrong kingdom. Mm-hmm. Fear is faith in the wrong kingdom. Who said that? Was that Pastor James? Austin said it before. Yeah. But Austin Jesus said it too. Yeah. Think about this. So we're, we're uh, you know, the song "We Walk by Faith." Another <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so we're walking Carry by on. faith, right? And we talked about faith the other day in a, in a different podcast. We, we can't see God, yet we believe He exists. And, mm-hmm. and we put our trust in Him. And that's basically what Hebrews 11 one says, faith is, right? Mm-hmm. We're trusting in this being that we cannot see. Um, and for whatever reason, a lot of people have this idea that nothing bad is going to happen to them once they come to, to faith in Christ. Oh, contrary. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, think Jesus promises no. the opposite. Yeah. Matter of fact, James and John, the ones that asked Jesus if they sit at the right hand and their left hand, and James is beheaded in Acts chapter 12, mm. verse mm. 1, right? So don't tell them that bad things don't happen when you follow Jesus. Can you Jesus. drink of this cup? Mm-hmm. Can you take this baptism? Yeah, they said, yes, we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they found out. Yeah, you can. Um, so we just get used to things being a certain way in life um, you know we go to work we go to school we get our kids ready and you know, we we get into this routine and we do this every day we go to church on this day we do this do that we get in this routine and our rhythm gets knocked off uh, and and if it's something major like I lose my sisters or mm-hmm. my husband cheats on me or my wife cheats on me or I'm, I go bankrupt what you know fill in the blank with whatever what what happens fear comes in mm-hmm. fear comes in our lives and we get nervous and we worry how am I going to pay my bills how, how you know what am I going to do about my my cheating spouse or whatever what am I going to do about my sick child or you know fill in the blank with whatever and, and it comes down to fear and, and fear kills faith if you think about it let me give you some examples the disciples in Jesus in Mark chapter 4, 35 through 40. We already covered this in a previous podcast. But as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross the other side of the lake. So Jesus, so they took Jesus in the boat and they started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking on the boat and it began to fill with water. So the boat started to sink, right? Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion, and the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care? Don't you care? Yeah, we're going to drown here. Uh, and when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. And you could just see the disciples going, Whew, I'm glad that's over with, right? And he asked them, and here it is, Why were you afraid? Why were you full of fear? Do you still do you still not have faith? I think the King James puts it a different way. Oh, you have little faith, yeah. right? You're so full of fear. Where is your faith? Mm-hmm. Where is your trust in God? Where's your trust in me? I'm right here on the boat with you. Mm-hmm. You didn't are, say that you wouldn't go through storms. Right. Just said I'd be here with you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And they're waking, but you can. If we was to break down the Greek, which I did not do, I didn't take time to do that, but they're 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 mad at Jesus here. They're absolutely mad. Do, do you not care? You called us. You handpicked us. You brought us into this kingdom stuff, and we've given up everything to follow you. We've left our families behind, and 
Now you got us out here in this boat in the middle of the sea. And this Sounds kind of like the children of Israel in the desert, right? Well, it does. a good point. Like, oh, yeah. Moses, why'd you bring us out here to die? Yeah, yeah. You know, at least back in Egypt, we had leeks and cucumbers and melons. Because <laughs> slavery is so much better. <laughs> right. That's what it does. It's right. a lot of life. It's a good example. You brought us out here to die. Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah. Don't you care that we're going to die here? We're going to drown. Yes, he cared, but he's taking a nap. He's he's at peace where you should be. Because look who's in the boat with you. Yeah. But we forget that. Why? Who is this who even commands the wind it and the waves? It freaked them out when he's calm. When, right. but, but we allow the enemy to whisper this doubt in our ears, and, and it comes down to one word, fear. We have fear, and we let fear creep in. And when fear creeps in, all of a sudden we turn our, like you were saying earlier, that's why I said you are taking my notes here. Uh, Our eyes, like Peter, when he was walking on the water, he did step out of the boat. (laughs) Kudos to Peter for stepping out of the boat. The other other disciples wouldn't do that. He's got his eyes on Jesus. He's walking out there on the water. As, as, As soon as he took his eyes off of Jesus and put his eyes on the winds and the waves, what happened? He started to sink. And that's what happens to us. We, we, we start looking at our situation instead of keeping our eyes on Jesus, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. And, and we, we look at the situation. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. What about my cheating spouse? What about my child? What about this? What about that? You know, um, I can't make that happen. Whatever. And, and, and all of a sudden, the enemy starts whispering doubt, and we become fearful, and then we just start sinking. Yeah. Right? So when fear comes, worry comes, and instead of faith, what happens? The flesh gets in the way. Our focus gets off God, mm-hmm. and we become selfish. Think about it. We, we become self-centered. Our, our, our attention's off of Jesus and serving others, mm-hmm. and we become self-focused in what we want to take care of self. We've got to meet this need. We've got to take care of this, especially as men. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. We fix things, right? Try we, to. We, yeah, we try to. And so we got to fix this problem. And, and so all of our attention goes on to fixing this situation. Um, so what happens is during that process, if that's what you want to call it, is we get angry with God. We start to question God. We get mad. And, and so uh, we can either draw closer to God, draw near, and I'll draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Or a lot of times people just get mad at God and cut him out of their life. Right. And so I was thinking about Job's wife. Just curse God and die. Why would, and we give that woman heck for saying that. Why, why, would, why would she just tell her husband, just curse this God that you're serving, die, and get it over with. You know, just die. Move on. Mm. Um, I'll come back to you in a second, Shelby. Mm. Did you have something? I'll come back to him and just say it. If you think about Job's wife, and, and we give her such a hard time over her telling Job this, but what we don't talk about Job's wife is, look at everything she lost. She lost everything Job lost. Mm-hmm. She lost her children. She lost all of her livestock, which was money mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. Me and they, and they were like very all rich. All their wealth, right. They lost all their wealth. She's sitting there having to watch her husband in pain and torment, taking pottery, broken pottery, it's and scrapes yeah. bowls off his bowls off his body. It was, in, it was nasty. Mm-hmm. She's upset with God. Mm-hmm. God, we've been faithful to you. My husband is the most righteous man that you've ever known. We've been absolutely one hundred percent faithful to you. Why is all this stuff happening to us? How many times have people said that? A lot, including me. You know, she's upset with God. She's she's she's. But Jesus ticked. said, "In this world, you will have trouble. Take heart, for I've overcome the world." He promises that we are going to have trials. So that we're going to have trouble. We're going to have tribulation. What you got? Second uh, Corinthians four. It says, uh, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us 
an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not uh, sorry. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is it, it, eternal. Chevy Light Br- and momentary affliction. Chevy brings the heat, boy. Come on. When she says something. Yeah, it, 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 was that Second Corinthians? Yes, four. The present weakness and resurrection. Yeah, and if you go over a few more chapters, he talks about all this. What he's calling light afflictions is all the stuff that he went through. The beatings with rods, the floggings, the stonings. The shipwrecks. The shipwrecks. All this stuff. He calls it light afflictions. I think losing heart, you know, that's the key. You know, like it says in that verse, you know, do not lose heart. You know, when, when something hits us, when life hits us, like you said, when, when something major happens and we get out of rhythm, you know, why do we get out of rhythm? Why do we get mad at God? Why, does, why do these things happen? And you, in a way, you kind of question your, your own heart is being questioned. Like, what's happening inside of me that's causing me to respond this way to Jesus, to the Father? You know, what's causing me to respond that way? And I just think of, you know, uh, the three Hebrew boys, you know, in the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It says in Scripture, before they were thrown in the furnace, long before the idol was built, it says that they determined in their heart that they would serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so it's if we you know, determine in our hearts now that I'm going to serve the Lord, that I'm going to, like I said a minute ago, I'm going to hide away with Him. I'm going to get to know Him. I'm going to put my heart in His hands and so that when life does hit me, it, I, they were thrown in the furnace. Right. They seen the fire lit. You know, they right. seen all the bad stuff happen. You know, the disciples in the boat, they seen the waves, they seen the storm. You know, all of this stuff happens. You know, it, it's real. You can't get away from that. It's life. You know, life happens. And and we, we face a real enemy who hates us. Right. He hates the image of God. Right. And he's always trying to destroy it and take it down. But if we set our hearts if we determine in our hearts to love him now, no matter what happens, no matter what comes, when the struggle comes, I'm not going to have this this extra stuff of this extra trial or whatever you want to call it of being mad at God because my heart has already set to know him. I'm going to sit and I'm going to cry with him. He's going to sit and he's going to cry with me. Mm-hmm. He feels the emotions I feel. He sees what I go through. He knows what's happening. And he feels it all. He's very sympathetic with us. He's, he is not a, a god or a king that is far off, that's not in touch with our reality mm-hmm. and, and, and the things that we go through. And I, I honestly don't know how most people in the world go through what they face without Jesus, mm-hmm. without his, mm-hmm. his love, his hope, his, the comfort of Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, I, don't, I honestly don't know how. And, and I look back on, you know, I mentioned that wreck that happened in 2008 when I lost my three sisters. And it's like, I knew about God, but my heart did not know him. Mm-hmm. I had heard about him, but I didn't know him. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have that connection with him. And it sent me even further down the spiral that I was in. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens. It's like when we, you know, we can, we can have relationship with God and we can, we can be, we can go to church, we can call ourselves Christians and everything. But, you know, I said in that sermon I preached not too long ago, it's like, you know, talking about the parable of the, the, in Matthew 25, the parable of the ten virgins. It's like when life happens, when, when the king comes... You know, are you going to ask me to give you some of my oil? Are you going to ask me to give you my relationship with God? Are you going to ask me to, when life hits me, when something bad happens, are you going to ask me to give up my love for Him? It's not going to happen. Right, and and I can't share the intimacy that you have with Jesus. Right. You have to go get it yourself. Right. I have to, to cultivate that. Myself. You gotta have your own relationship. Right. Yes. Exactly. I mean the, the three Hebrew men in the fire, I was thinking, you know, they say they say our God is able to save mm-hmm. us, but even if he doesn't, that's right. We will praise him anyway. 
That's right. Yeah. God is able to save us out of this situation, but even if he doesn't, you know, right, determining in your heart, I'm gonna I'm gonna praise you. You know what was missing from those three three boys? Yeah. Fear. They had no fear. Mm-hmm. They had full, absolute, one hundred percent confidence and trust in God that He would deliver them. And if He didn't, we're gonna praise Him anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I love the comparison coming up because we give examples of of the fear that's shown, the fear that's the heart that drifts away mm-hmm. in the moment of trial. But then in the Lord also in His Word gives us these examples of the heart that has no fear, the heart that stands strong, mm-hmm. the heart that trusts the Lord. That no matter what happens, no matter what real life circumstances look like, my heart is set to know you. I trust you. I heard you and I believe you mm-hmm. because I've experienced you already. I've cultivated that relationship mm-hmm. with you. I've stored up my oil in the, in the secret place. I know who you are. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I know that your word says that, again... We face a real enemy. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Come on. But against principalities and and powers of darkness that are waging war against us. Yeah. Ephesians 16. Right. Do me a favor. Go and check out some awesome worship music that's written and sung by my beautiful wife, Mary Tucker. And you can check that out at marygamboamusic.com. Mary is the worship leader at Authentic Church at 322 Lindsay Street in Alcoa, Tennessee. Now you can check us out and come worship with us on Sundays at 10 a.m. And we'd love to have you there. Also, you can download Mary's songs wherever you stream your music. If you would like to book Mary for your next event, contact her through the website at marygamboamusic.com or you can text her at area code 865-418-2824. We look forward to worshiping with you soon. Now, back to the podcast. That's a really good passage, Shelby. Um, in, in Paul, perfect example of all this, because mm-hmm. um, he's experienced this, all this, and and he had no fear. He was fearless. And I was thinking back to you talking about shipwrecks. If you remember in Acts when they were having one of the shipwrecks, and all the people that were on board that ship, I can't remember where he was traveling to at the time. But everybody's like, abandon ship. You know, they started throwing stuff overboard and everything, and, and they thought they were going to die. So they, they were about to just abandon ship. Paul says, nope, stay on the ship or you're going to die. All these people were scared to death because they thought they were going to die. They were literally full of fear. Paul sitting there as calm as can be, and he says, God says, stay on the ship and you're going to live. But right. if you don't listen to me, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. They stayed he, on the ship. He had cultivated enough relationship with the Lord to to recognize mm-hmm. and heed his voice. There was no fear. Right. Because and of the relationship. I, I was also just thinking about, you know, Paul at the end of his ministry and really at the end of his life, he knows he's going to Rome. We're getting there. Right? Okay, go. No, no, you go ahead. No, I mean, no, he knows he's thought. going to Rome and the Holy Spirit has already told him he's going to die. Yeah. Right? But he doesn't freak out he doesn't uh, you know he doesn't yeah he doesn't become fearful no, he's like <laughs> faithful to the end right in mm-hmm. saying no i'm gonna continue to declare what god has done yeah mm-hmm. so the people were full of fear paul was full of faith paul says listen to me stay on the ship you're good they stay on the ship they were good right mm-hmm but it goes back because Paul had that relationship with the Lord so he could hear the Lord. He could hear the Holy Spirit saying, hey, keep them people on the ship. All right. So another example I want to talk about real quick, and then we're going to uh, get back and come back to Paul and Timothy. It goes back to what you were just saying. So David, uh, he's wanting to bring the uh, king of Israel, right, in the Old Testament. He's wanting to bring the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant that's been taken, and he's wanting to bring it back uh, to Jerusalem because he eventually wants to build a temple. A permanent dwelling place for God, right? Because it's still the tabernacle. And so, they long story short, they go get the ark, and they're they're bringing it back to Jerusalem. Uh, and this is Second uh, Samuel. I forgot to write down what chapter. I think it's Second Samuel ten. I don't, I don't know why I didn't put that in my notes. But anyway, Uzzah was he the priest? Uzzah. High priest. Yeah. Uzzah. Yeah. No. He he uh. God had already established this rule. Don't touch the ark. You, right. you touch it, you die. That's just the way it is, right? And Except so, for the Levites that were assigned yes. to pick it up. All right. Yeah. And so 
David, his heart is right. These people's hearts are right. They want to, you know, bring God back to where he belonged in Jerusalem, right, with the with the Hebrew people, with the Israelites. And so they they're almost to Jerusalem, and then one of the oxen stumbles, and Uzzah, with the the right attitude, he did he he tried to steady the ark. He didn't want it to hit the ground, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he had to touch it to do that. He but he did it. Just, I'm sure he was just reacting, you know, mm-hmm. and thought he was doing something good. And he dies right there on the spot. Dies. And uh, it literally lays on the ground there. Everybody's seeing this. And so he broke the commandment of God. God had to keep his word. So as it dies, right? So in verse 8, it says, David was angry because the Lord's anger had burst out against, against Uzzah. He named that place Perez Uzzah, which means to burst out against Uzzah, as it is still called today. All right, the word in the Hebrew for angry means to be hot, to be furious, to burn, become angry, be kindled. David was on fire. He was so mad at God, right? Mm -hmm. And this is a man who God himself says, he's a man after my own heart. But this is a man who was, let me put it in a, a polite way to say this, he was PO'd at God. He was smoking hot. He was so angry. He was so mad at God. He's furious. And he says, I'm, I'm not taking this to Jerusalem. We're going to put it over here in Obed Edom's house. This ark isn't going any further. And, and so... Why would he leave the ark of, if he was so, because they had a big party going on and they're bringing this ark to Jerusalem. Right. They're bringing God back where he belongs. Uzzah dies. David says, nope. Why would he say nope? Well, if somebody dies at your party, it might kind of put a damper <laughs> on things. I'm just thinking. Yeah. It's one simple word. <laughs> Fear. Fear. It, the reason why I say that, because verse 9 says it. Why was David mad at God? Because of fear. Verse 9. David was now afraid of the Lord, and he asked, how can I ever bring the ark of the Lord back into my care? He was full of fear because of what had just happened, like you just said, right? Some months pass, and David notices that uh, Obed-Edom is getting blessed. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Everything he does, everything on his property, his whole household, his livestock, everything's blessed. Yeah, so David eventually goes and gets the ark and brings it to Jerusalem. So, in those three examples, the disciples, Job's wife, Mm -hmm. David, fear. Mm -hmm. It, it, It boils down to that one word. Fear is a faith killer. So if fear is the culprit, then how do we combat fear? Faith. Faith. What did Jesus say to his disciples when they were scared out of their minds because they thought they were going to die? Oh, you have little faith. Oh, you have little faith. Paul's on his way out, right? I mean, literally, he's about to die. Mm-hmm. As you say, he's going to Rome, too, and he's going to die in Rome. Um, and so he's about to die for his faith, and he's writing to Timothy to encourage him to keep on going no matter what's going to happen in the future mm-hmm. because he knows, he, he, like I said, he's about to die. <clears throat> and you can hear it in his tone if you read 2 Timothy, the whole chapter. We're not going to take time to do that. You can read it on your own. But here's what he tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He says, I remember your genuine faith. Mm-hmm. Right? I remember your faith. Mm-hmm. I don't remember your fear. I remember your faith. <laughs> Well, you think you think about it though, because yeah. he, he's going to join Paul. Paul's already getting pounded with you know stoned and, and beaten and stuff like that. I don't know if Paul told Timothy about it, but he did say, you know, we're going to go ahead and circumcise you because I've been around these Jews and they're ruthless. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't want any hiccups here, right? Even though Paul's going around preaching that you don't have to be circumcised, yeah. he says we're going to go ahead and circumcise you. All right, so I remember your genuine faith, for you shared the faith. There it is, the word again. That first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Mm-hmm. And I know that same faith, there's that word again. I know that same faith, Timothy, it continues strong in you. Not fear, but faith. 
and is strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, fear and timid, timidity, timidity, timidity. Yeah. but of power, power and love and a sound, sound mind. mind. Or New Living Translation says self-discipline. Sound mind. So Paul starts out bragging on Timothy's faith. Why? Because he doesn't want him to be afraid and live in fear. He knows what's coming. Uh, Timothy, you're fixing to be on your own. I'm about to die. I'm on my way out. I'm about to go to heaven to meet my Savior. So I want you to be, this strong faith that you have, continue in it. You know what just occurred to me as you were reading that? If faith can be generational, like right, he's saying, you know, your grandmother, your mother, and it mm, and it's yeah. strong in you. Right, because as, as people of faith, we try to instill that in our children. We try to pass that on. I wonder if the spirit of fear is also generational. Maybe a good study. Hmm. Like generational curses. Yeah. I mean, some people don't don't give that much credence, but wonder if, gen, you know, if there is a spirit of fear that we was my can. Mom or my dad always afraid. Was there pass along? Were they always right. afraid of this mm. or of that or of not being this or not being that or yeah. God help us to be people of faith and not. Maybe a good study. Fearful. Anyway, okay. Squirrel, back, back to what you... <laughs> so Paul says to Timothy, God did not give us a spirit of fear. But he, he has given everybody a measure of faith. Mm-hmm. Because if faith is how we can combat fear, how do we get faith? And how do we grow? Well, Romans 12, 3, the NIV, the non-inspired version, says, For by grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with faith, God has distributed. That's what I do for a living. I distribute little Debbies. I'm selling little Debbies in the stores. You know, and people come and, and, and purchase these things. Paul's saying God is distributing to everybody a measure of faith. Mm-hmm. So our faith comes from God. God gives us some amount of faith. Yeah. You may have got more faith in the beginning than Chris did when he first came to, to and then Shelby got may have got more than both of y'all. And I just got just a little medicine dropper of faith. Mustard yeah. seed. Come yeah, on. mustard seed. Yeah. Thank you. Romans twelve three, the New American Standard Version says this for though the grace given to me I for through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. God allots, distributes a measure of faith. So faith comes from God, right? God gives each person a measure of faith. So how do we grow faith? If, if we know where it comes from, hearing, it comes from God. Hearing by the word of Christ. Yes. That's Romans 10, Mm -hmm. um, 14 through 17. How then are, I think this, Paul, how then are they to call on him whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without a preacher? But how are, and a preacher just simply somebody, it's not somebody standing in the pulpit. It's all of us proclaim God's word. We're we're all preachers. We all Mm -hmm. proclaim God's word, Mm -hmm. right? Or Jesus. Uh, how are they to believe in him whom they have not heard? Or how are they to hear without a preacher? But how are they to preach unless they are sent? Just as is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. However, they did not all heed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? And here it is, verse 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God, God or Christ. The New Living Translation says. So faith comes by hearing the word. Mm-hmm. Right. Specifically, Paul says the word of Christ or the word of God. So when we're told about, you got to follow me here. When we're told about Jesus, right, and we choose to be obedient to His call, we are given a measure of faith. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what we've already established. That mm-hmm. correct. As we walk the relationship that you were talking about earlier, and, and you were too, as we walk with Christ daily. And we read God's word, our faith grows, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It grows roots. Mm-hmm. Your roots will grow down 
into God's love and keep you strong. Mm-hmm. So our faith is we we are building this relationship. We're spending time with Jesus. We're spending time with God in His Word, in prayer, doing all these things. Our faith grows roots and it grows stronger and stronger, right? Okay. It grows roots, it gets stronger and stronger. This is how we combat fear. How did Jesus calm the disciples' fear in that boat? He spoke words, right? I think so. He had something to do. And doing a miracle. I'll come back to you and just say it. No, no. Sorry. He calmed the storm. How did Jesus calm the storm? By speaking words, right? He spoke to the storm. What does John call Jesus in John chapter 1? The Word of God, the Logos, Mm -hmm. the Logos, which means Word. Jesus is the Word of God. Um, This book points to Jesus. We're talking about the Bible, this book. It points to Jesus from Old Testament to New Testament. Now, we don't have the luxury of Jesus being, you know, right? We don't see Jesus. We know he's here. Two or three are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst of him. So we know he's here, right? right? By the Holy Spirit, he's inside of us. He lives inside of us. But physically, he's not here. We can't see him. He's not tangible like this table is. We can't reach out and touch him. But John says that Jesus is the Word, right? The Logos. Word was God. Word. The Bible points out from Old Testament and New Testament about Jesus, right? We do have his Word. We do have his promises. And that's what you were alluding to earlier mm-hmm. in the podcast, that we stand on these promises mm-hmm. of God. And there's a lot of promises in the Word of God. But if we're not reading the Word, we don't know those promises. Right. We can't stand on something we don't know, right? We can't have faith in somebody that we don't know. If I didn't know, would you want to marry me if you didn't know me? Maybe. Man or bread. I mean, it took, yeah. Yeah, I've known you for almost eight years, you know, it, so you know a little bit about me. But um, anyway, we don't have the luxury of Jesus being right here with us, but we do have His Word. We do have His promises, and it's imperative. It's absolutely 100% necessary that we read, that we're in this word every day, yep. every day. You know, we got Bible apps on our phone. The, it reads to us. We can get, I get a daily verse texted to me, even if it's just one verse, mm-hmm. you know, get in the word. Yeah, I, I heard it put this way one time. Uh, she said, Jesus is the meal. And if we're not feasting, we're slowly dying every day. Yeah. You know, Jesus is the meal. Like he is the bread of life. It is the spoken word of God right here that mm-hmm. he's given us. This is when we look at this, you know, and I, this kind of, maybe kind of a rabbit trail here, but when we, scripture says that when we see him, we will be made like him, mm-hmm. right? When we look at his word, when we spend time in his word, when we read his word, when we look at him, this is Jesus in the Word of God, it transforms us. It, it turns us into who He is. Romans 5, and, 1, 2, 3. And it makes us like Him mm-hmm. as we see Him day by day. And so daily we have to. We have to eat the bread of life. We mm-hmm. have to read this. Like, like I said, that you know, I heard that lady say, He's the meal. We have to feast on it. How often do they go out to get manna? Every day. Every day. And that's that's an important point too, because they were they were they were told (laughs) not to take any for the next day. Mm -hmm. It's like it's it's a daily need. It's a daily provision that we have to have with him Mm -hmm. in our relationship. And we gotta trust him. And and they had to trust him. God's gonna provide that manna. Mm -hmm. We we have to trust him. Because it would be tempting to take up extra and save it for tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Turn to maggots. Yeah, turn to maggots. What what was you gonna say earlier? I was just thinking of the word persevere, and then in James, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whether you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all, without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Yeah, perseverance. It makes me think of Butch Jones when he was the coach of Tennessee Balls, and he would say, we're resilient. He would use that word over and over and over again. He just worked the ground. Resilient. Persevere. Persevere. Endure is another word. That's a good word. Shall we bring in the heat? But, yeah. When you face trials of many kinds. Mm-hmm. When you face, not if you. 
Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but but still, it goes back to being in this word. And I don't remember if it was you said it or if you said it, but I think it was you that was talking about how long before the problems come, yeah. if we're built up in this thing, if we're built up in this word and we like got that close relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Yeah. yeah. By praying in the spirit. Mm-hmm. But in that, I was thinking about, you know, the, the question that brought us on topic, you know, is it okay to be mad at God? Is it okay to have that, that dialogue with him, that, that frustration with him? And, and yes, yes, it is. And if you get upset with God because something in life happens or, or you're, you're struggling, you're really having, you know, we're talking about fear, you know, you're afraid of what's going on. You're afraid of what you're seeing. You're afraid of what you're knowing because it's true right there in front of you. Does that mean you don't love him or have a relationship with him? Absolutely not. Absolutely not, you know, and, but I think it is opportunity. It's in, in a way it's like when, when something comes up in my heart, that's not of the Lord, fear's not of the Lord, right? He doesn't give us a spirit of fear. Unless it's the fear of God. Unless it's the fear of God, right. And we welcome that. But it's an opportunity. It's, it's invitation to, to come closer to him in my frustrations, in my anger, in the pain, in the hurt, in the not knowing, in the not understanding of whatever's happened in life, whatever's going on, whatever's causing this response in my heart towards him, that's an invitation for dialogue. Right. And that's what he's looking for. He's looking for that conversation. He's looking for that mm-hmm. that back and forth between us so that whatever's in our hearts, you know, just like David said, Search me and know there's no wicked way about me. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's something in my heart that doesn't isn't fully surrendered to you, if there's an area in my life that's not fully surrendered to you, whatever happens in life is going to test that area. It's going to come against it. It's going to cause it to flare up. And again, it can either cause me to fall away from the Lord and go back into what I did or what I knew, or it can cause me to have that dialogue. To, to press in with him, mm-hmm. to get to know him. And in that is where the transformation comes. That's where that's where life comes. Mm-hmm. It's where it's where the grounds comes that I can stand on that allows me to not have that same response the next time something happens in life. Alright, so let's oh, go ahead. Uh, I just this scripture come to me all you who are weary, mm-hmm. heavy laden. You know, bring to me your burdens. Bring to me your your heavy things. I mean, insert angry. Come to yeah. me, all you who are angry. Yeah. Come to me, all you fearful. who are fearful. Come to me, all you who are not understanding, and I will give you rest. Yeah. But our, our flesh tendency is to go, no, you don't understand. I'm leaving. I'm out. Deuces, I tried that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I read Hebrews. That's what so, it's all about. Oh my God, the bills are due and there's not money for it. I got to go work more. I got to do something. But no, see, Paul knows that's what's fixing to happen to Timothy. Timothy's fixing to be a wrestling to stuff because Paul's going to be gone. So he's not going to be here to encourage Timothy right. to help Timothy anymore. Now, so wrap it up this, for us. I, all right, I'm going to wrap it up because this is what this is, to what both of y'all just said. Listen to what Paul says in, in 2 Timothy 2 13 and 14. Hold on. He's already talking about his faith, right? Mm-hmm. He's built up his faith. Mm hmm. God's not giving us a spirit of fear or timid, timidity. Timidity. Can't say humidity. that word. Humidity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, humidity. Humidity. It's hot. <laughs> no, don't make it hot. Okay. Bring it back. Holy Spirit, come back. <laughs> come back, Shane. Verse 13 and 14 of 2 Timothy 2. Paul says, Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you have learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. So there's the relationship. You got this relationship with Jesus. That relationship with Jesus caused you to have this strong faith. Hold on to it. Yeah. In other words, he's saying, hold on to Jesus. He's telling him, I'm about to get, I'm about to, I'm out, I'm about to leave. I'm about to be gone. I'm about to die. You're going to be on your own. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching. Well, where's the teaching? The Word of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what Paul's been, Paul's been sharing Jesus. He's been building Timothy up, right. sharing scripture. They've been having Bible studies. Timothy's been teaching the mm-hmm. Bible there in Ephesus. He, so he's saying, hold on to that pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith 
and love that you have in Christ Jesus through the power, here's what you brought up earlier, through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Carefully guard the precious truth. Who's the truth? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life, right? Carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted you. His word is truth. It's absolute truth. Jesus was basically saying the same thing to his disciples when he ascended into heaven. He's like, I'm leaving, but hold on. Stay here. You're about to be endued with power by the Holy Spirit. Another comfort. Hold on to that. Same substance that is coming. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So think about this. You know, Paul might as well have been talking to every Christian today. When he, yeah. when he wrote that verse, those verses to Timothy, he's talking to even us today. At some point, we have all faced fear and caved. And if you haven't yet, you will at some point face fear. Mm-hmm. You might not cave, but you're going to face fear. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we got our eyes off Jesus like the disciples. Our faith became weak. Why is faith weak? Because we weren't in the Word or we're not in the Word. And if we're in the Word daily, then when we are hanging out with Jesus daily, because that's what we're doing when we're in the Word, we're reading about Jesus. He is the Word. We're learning more about Him and how to be like Him and be transformed and conformed like Him. Right? His image. Mm-hmm. Right? When we're spending time with Jesus and we're drawing near to God, fear won't be an issue. We might be afraid. We might have some fear but we'll continue to walk by faith. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. That's We won't quit. We'll be like the disciples did. They kept going, right? And look what happens in Acts chapter 2. It was a game changer. Job's wife didn't quit. Hey, curse God and die. Well, Job didn't. She didn't divorce Job. She didn't leave Job. Matter of fact, they had more children. They had twice as many children as they had before. They had twice as much livestock as they had before. Mm-hmm. God blessed them. Mm-hmm. Was it a hundredfold? More and I can't remember right. now. Yeah, but they were blessed because they stayed mm-hmm. faithful. Mm-hmm. David stayed faithful as many times as he questioned God. What's going on here? Even in his sin, he stayed faithful. When David saw God blessing Obed-Edom, he said, I'm getting that ark to Jerusalem. It's coming home with me. Mm-hmm. So we took this long trail to get right here to say this can you get mad at God absolutely can you question God when you don't understand yes you can but here's the key don't quit on God right you gotta keep the faith almost broke out with some George Michael get in the word of God now now so that when fear does come when that life trial does happen, when that storm does come, your faith will not be shaken. Mm-hmm. Does anybody have anything you want to add before we're for Chris praise? Mm-hmm. All right, go for it, brother. Jesus, we thank you for just the blessing of life that you've given us, the blessing of, of relationship with you, the blessing of getting to know you, the, the, uh, the ability for us to be able to come close to the Father. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you that even in our unknowing, even in our our frail humanity, our frail humanity, that you are still God. Yeah. No matter what happens, you are still God. No matter the state of our hearts, you are still God. Mm -hmm. You see us and you know us. You love us. And you are always extending your arms and invitation for us to come closer to you. Jesus, we love you. Help us love you more. And when those times come, when when life crashes in on us, give us comfort, Holy Spirit. Give us strength to stand. Give us strength to stand. Help us to know the word. Help us to know Jesus is with us. He's right there. That we don't have to turn to anything else. But God, we can come straight to you. Even in our anger. Even in our frustration. Even in fear. We can come to you. You have the answers. You have the knowing. When we can't see it, God, you have already seen it. Mm -hmm. 
when we don't know what or how or why, you already do. You are the solution. So Jesus, we just we turn to you right now. We set our hearts on you right now. We determine to know you now. We will seek you now. While you may be found, we will put our hearts on you now. Hide us away, God. Help us to store up the oil. Help us to know you deeper, more intimately, Jesus. Prepare our hearts for what's coming. Prepare us for what's coming in our individual lives and in the lives of those around us, God. Prepare our hearts that offense would not rise up, that love would not grow cold, but that we would hold fast to the faith that you've given us, God. That we would hold fast to the love that you've put in us, that you've poured over us. That we would come to know you in greater ways, that we would see your glory, your love put on display. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are and who you've created each one of us to be. Mm -hmm. God, we give you the rest of this night. We bless you. Mm -hmm. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grinded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe, and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you, and remember, keep grinding.